Welcome to the God-Centered Concept. I am your host, T.S. Wright. Episode 17, The Process, Step 2, Understanding Worship. Have you ever heard of the word aroma? What comes to mind when you think of that word? Smells? How something smells? When you're thinking about smell, do you think about pleasant, sweet smells, or do you think about Ugh, that's not something I'd want to smell. Do you think about the smells that you don't like? Well, by definition, aroma is about a fragrance. Okay, by definition, it's pleasant fragrance. The quality or principle of plants or other substances which constitutes their fragrance. Agreeable odor. I kind of like the entire thinking of agreeable odor. Because I really think that's what fits well into what we're discussing right now and what we're going to dive into today. Aroma and worship go hand in hand. They walk together. They are one entity that works within the framework of how God meant worship. So we're going to discuss this today. And we're going to give you some food for thought on how this is a very integral part of not only training, but then also taking this training and this mindset that you're going to learn from this and putting it into practice every day of your life. So let's, first of all, diverge from aroma for a minute and let's just talk about worship and get a sense of worship and then let's marry the two together because these two things again they walk hand in hand so i've given you a quick definition of aroma now we're going to talk about worship worship is everything every part of your life and your relationship with god all comes down to worship you see the problem is in our Western thinking is that we do a great job and, and I it's kind of the Greek way of thinking. We do an amazing job of segmenting everything. You know, we have our to-do list, we have our categories, we have our breakdown of all the analytics. Well, guess what? The problem is is that when we do that, it is very easy for us in that very segmented, box-thinking, Greek way, when we go back to the Greek culture, of us separating one aspect of our life from the other. So, I'm going to be honest with you, and just kind of a laughing thing, I think women have a little bit of an advantage of being able to rid themselves of this type of thinking. From the perspective of this, and, it, and I'm making a generalization here, it's not every woman, but... In a general sense, women tend to think more in a, a web way. All right, and we're going to discuss this in some later episodes. And men tend to think more in boxes. And a lot of you've probably heard that type of stuff. But that web type of thinking is women tend to like to think about how they connect to every part. And men tend to do boxes. However, what has happened through our cultural training that we've had over the years and the way that the technology has really come on in how we use technology and the amount of use of technology. It's really got us to think more in that 
analytical, dividing everything out way. And so we have to be really cautious about that. And here's why. Because God works in everything. There are times when, and I've thought about this, when God has to leave something over here so he can deal with something over here, but he has an ability to be able to work in everything all the time. But think about this. He also sees how it all connects together. But he also can deal with each part at once. He can be grieving with one person and be giving peace and joy with another person all at the same time. That's an ability we don't have. Only God has that ability. And we need to acknowledge that. But we also need to understand that these two types of thinkings, the web mindset, the web type of thinking, and the connectivity, and then the box type of thinking where we can segment things out, those both come from God. But he has a way of blending all of that. And on some levels, everybody's a little bit different blend of that. Some people, and and, and it's not just women and men, we can't make that level of gener- generalization with this in that we can't say that it's every woman and every man, but in a general sense, that's the way it works. My coaching over the years, half of that time I coached females and the other half I coached males. So I, I learned those differences and it, it really taught me well of those differences and how females think differently than males in a general sense. But I will tell you, there were sometimes I had females, they thought more like guys in that regard and that they would be more of that box thinker. They could put things aside and deal with it. And then other, most girls did not do that. They they needed that camaraderie, that connection before they could play at their full ability. And guys could put those things aside for the most part. But I would sometimes have guys that didn't think that way. They had that more web thinking. So that does not mean that every man and every woman have that. And honestly, you probably have a blend of both. You know, you might be like 80% being able to do that in that little 20% of the web. And it, so, you know, we're all made a little bit different and uniquely, so we can't make the overgeneralization of this. However, we need to bring it up because this is important and it's important to our worship. All right, because we're talking about a mindset here. We need to be very cognitive of our emotions, our feelings. We need to understand where they're coming from, what's driving those emotions. And we also need to understand how our brain deals with that. Because sometimes we do need to put things aside, but also we also need to make connectivity sometimes because if there's an area of our life that we're not entrusting to God, it is going to affect the overall picture and it's not going to be a pleasing aroma to God in our act of worship. So I say all of that now to scale this down and explain this to you. So, the first thing we've got to do is get away from the thinking that worship is what we do on Sundays. First of all, if we're following the absolute technical part of the Sabbath, the Sabbath would actually be on Saturday. A lot of people don't either acknowledge that or even think about that or may not even know that from a knowledge perspective. But actually... It would come on Saturday. That's when the Sabbath would actually be. However, we, most churches do their worship, quote, praise and offering is what I call it, on Sunday. See, you spend 
probably about an hour to two hours at, at your Sunday service. All right, whether whatever church you go to, if you even go to church, maybe you watch it online, whatever you decide to do and how you do that is obviously different individuals do it different ways. But the truth is when you walk out those doors until the time you come back, that is really your worship. So let's redefine our thinking. Worship is not going to Sunday service. We're going to call that praise and offering. And it is a very small but an important percentage of worship. But from a focus standpoint, it is a small part. And I'm going to explain why in a minute. So just keep following me here. And once you do, you it, it'll draw the picture and it'll paint the picture for you. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But worship is simply what you do with your mind, your body, and your mouth. Plain and simple. Your mind, your body, and your mouth. Those are your three instruments of worship. What you do with those, that is your worship. So, if we go when we go to Sunday service, you're spending 90 minutes, we'll say, two hours max, 120 minutes there. Well, I want you to remember this and keep this in mind because this is very important. If I am looking at the number of minutes that I spend alive and doing things, and if I look at and break it down, say, per week, all right, here you go. There are 10,080 minutes in a week. And you're only spending about 90 to 120 of those at your church. Some, it's 60 minutes. So there is absolutely no way that worship is simply going to your church service. It's more than that. As a matter of fact, Paul talks about it. Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2 really talk about this. All right, and that's really what Paul is harping on here. But in Romans 12, 1, it basically is covering the understanding of worship in relationship to how God sees it. So here's what we're going to do. Just real quick, I'm going to I'm going to read a few verses to you to give you that sense of what that is and so you guys can follow along. So, if I'm just going to read from the BSB version, you may want to go and do the King James version. That's fine. I typically do a lot of the different versions. I like to run parallels. Uh, I will say I'm going to give a plug to Bible Hub. I use them all the time, but there's other good ones. You know, the life version that exists out there, you can use a lot of different types of translations. There's Bible Gateway. So don't be afraid to use those. I've used those as well. But I give a plug to Bible Hub. I tend to use them the most. But the, all three of those are good. And there's other ones as well. But here we go. From the Berean Study Bible, the BSB, Therefore I urge you, brothers, on account of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. 
do not conform be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. In the King James Version, it says basically the same thing, and I'll, I'll just read it for some of the, those of you that love the King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Folks, this is worship right here. It is what you're doing with your mind, your body, and then I'm also going to say your mouth because if we go if we go forth here and we are not consistently paying attention to the words that we say, they have an effect just like our actions do. Our words and our actions have the same level of effect. They really do. A lot of people don't want to think that, but they really do. And your worship is about what you do with those those three things. So we know that Jesus also said from the heart the mouth speaks. So we know that he said that. All right, and that's and I think that's important that you guys be able to do that. Uh, you can read Luke chapter 6 verse 45. That's definitely a, a good verse that you could read, and I'll just read that to you real quick. The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there you go. There's there's that verse. I'll just read it out for you guys. Um, that particular version is the BSB again. But again, if you go to the King James Version, it says the same thing. All right, it's saying exactly the same thing. So you guys can, like I said, you can read that. And I've had, I've just had some people that really like the King James Version that have communicated that that's the version they like. And um, I want to be able to give you guys multiple versions when I'm reading verses. So you may start getting that more as we get in deeper with these podcasts. But your worship is all about your mind, your mouth, and your body what you do with those and your heart brings those forth see in the next episode we're going to actually talk about spiritual senses okay your heart actually has senses just like your body does it can smell it can taste it can see it can hear and we've touched on that a little bit as you've heard certain passages that we've read here but this is important because those are all connected to worship. So let's go to aroma. Why in the world do I keep, did I bring up aroma with worship? So now that we understand what worship is, it's what you do with your body, your mind, and your mouth. Now, let's tie in aroma to this. Okay, and then we're gonna and then we're gonna really dive in to why this is so important to training. So if we go back back in time and we get into the temple 
all right, the temple or the tabernacle. One of the parts, one of the aspects of when they would come in to prepare for the Day of Atonement, the priests, is that there would be the altar of incense where they would offer prayers up to God. You see, when they were offering prayers up to God, they were using these spices. Okay, there was this mixture that they would use of incense that God had preordained. And I'm not going to read all of that. You can read it. I will list those verses when I post this that you can read. But here's the thing. It was all about the smell that it gave off. They're praying and there's a smell coming off. And God wants that pleasing aroma. So let's think about that. So in the tabernacle, they're praying and it's giving off an aroma to God. That's an act of worship. It really is. So I want you to think through this for a minute. Aroma and worship. Aroma and worship. How does that work together? How does that combine? Well, I'm going to give that to you right now. And I'm actually recording this one more in a live format, so there's going to be some pauses here. But I'm giving you time to think. Here's what we're going to do. Let's paint the picture of you coming into your Sunday service. And I would say for a lot of churches, you're coming in and some of you may be more traditional. Some of it may be more charismatic. Some of it may be more just non-denominational style where there's just this singing and praise and there's a band in there and, you know, might be a little more to a younger age group. And so it just depends on your style. And that's, and those are great. And whatever church you go to, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you which one to go to. That's, that's your call and that's between you and the Lord. But here's what I am going to say is this. During this time period, and when you are offering, however you do it, offering praise in a group community of believers, okay, and doesn't even have to be on a Sunday, and you're praising God together, and you're lifting that up to him in prayer and, and singing and songs and, and all these things, and while we may be in there singing hallelujahs and yelling hallelujahs and yelling amens and holding our hands up, or some of us are more quiet in that time period and we just let the music play and however you do it, I want you to learn to think of it like this. Everything you've done up to that point from the last time that you came in to do that in a group, from that very moment you walked out to that very moment you walked back in and you started this process again of praise and offering, when you're doing that, think of that as being the altar of incense. All your actions, everything you've been doing up to that point now is being put in there and it is the fragrance, it is the incense that's being burned and offered up to God. So in essence, everything that I do outside of church is my act of worship. And then what it's going to do is it's going to be placed inside this altar as incense. It's going to be placed on this altar as incense. And then it's going to be heated up and liquefied. And then it's going to be given to God as a fragrance. It's going to burn off and give this smell. So ask yourself this question. 
What kind of smell, what kind of fragrance do you give off to God? Because that's worship. What kind of fragrance are you giving off when you walk in on Sunday? What kind of a, is it a foul stench? Does it smell sweet? Have you ever asked the Lord about this? Have you ever asked, what kind of an aroma do I give off to you, Lord? Because we are called, if you go to Psalm 34, we are called to bless the Lord. And this is part of that blessing, is that our actions, our words, our thinking, our focus is on Him, and so it gives a sweet aroma to Him. You know, I've got a, I've often thought that throughout the week I have all these actions, good and bad, doesn't matter. You don't, we're not even going to evaluate them. You know, it's a mixed bag. Well, think about all of those each being their own aroma, and as you're singing and praising on Sunday, they're being burned and liquefied, and then burn off as a scent. And, I mean, think about it. Is it like the Lord's going, that smells great. Oh, whatever that foul stench come from. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Oh, ooh. Okay. And it's this mixed, it's this mixed bottle of aromas or, the, or this mixed bag here. And then it's been liquefied and now it's given off all these weird smells and some of them are good. Some of them are not, you know, some are just kind of neutral. Eh, okay. Well, that's your worship. See, that action, what you did with your mind, your heart, you know, basically your heart, but your mind, your body, and your mouth, that's that's your worship. And that's the aroma you're going to give off every time you come into a group of, or community group, whatever that is, and you guys are singing songs and you're praising God and, and you're doing that. You need to think of it that way. See, if you think of worship in that tone, it will help you to be more disciplined in how you walk with Christ on a daily basis outside of church. It is easy to be a Christian in front of the choir. It just is. But what is it like when you're outside those church walls? Because that is your act of worship right there. When you walk out of that door and until the time you come back, that is your act of worship. And when you come back, what you do, what you've done, what, how you are worshiping God, that is going to give off in a fragrance. And if we want that aroma to be sweet to the Lord, then we need to understand that worship is all about spirit and truth. And it's not just acknowledging it, but it is walking in it. We have to walk in the spirit and we have to walk in truth. John tells us this in the gospel. We're to worship in spirit and in truth. And I, I will shamefully say, and I, there's been times when I've been in church and I go to praise and offering, I don't even sing because let's just say that my week was not good. All I'm doing is offering repentance to the Lord. I'm just, I'm actually just acknowledging sin. I wouldn't even call it full repentance. It's just acknowledging sin. And I mean, when you, when you think through that, and I think of those times when I've done that, where I've had to just basically half the church service is nothing me, but me communicating to God, can't even really sing because I need to communicate to him my sin. That's not the type of worship I need to, that's not the 
type of fragrance I need to be giving off to the Lord during that time. I want it to be sweet. And I'm not saying we're not going to have some sin in our life here and there, and that we're not there's we're going to have inadvertent sin that we don't even realize we're committing. I get that. Okay, we're all sinful in the uh, you know in the way that we are, are in our flesh. But what is my life standing for? What kind of a fragrance am I giving off in my life? Am I walking in a way that gives off a sweet aroma to God? Because that is my real act of worship. How am I using my body? How am I using my eyes? How am I using my hands, my feet, my mouth? What is coming out of my heart? I really hope you stop and think about this because this is training right here. It is reconfiguring your thinking of worship and your mindset, and then it is allowing God to reset worship in your heart. See, worship is what it's all about. Your entire life is about worship. 100%. Everything in your life is completely connected. It is a web. It is. And while times we need to segment to put things aside because there's more immediate concerns here that we have to deal with, and we have that ability, men and women, it's not just one gender, we all have that ability, but we don't want to live in that all the time either. We got to also, we got to acknowledge the web. We got to acknowledge how it's all connected because it is, and it's all connected through worship. See, everything's connected through worship. All your relationships, every aspect of your life is connected in worship. What kind of fragrance is that getting off to God? I will tell you, I get, sometimes we have some difficult relationships in our life and you're thinking, oh man, I got this difficult relationship. I just given off bad fragrance. Hold on. Not, let's not go that deep with this. Let's just think in a general sense, how am I acting in that relationship? And most importantly, am I doing what God is telling me to do? Am I being obedient to him, to what he's telling me to do at that moment? There may be times God pulls you away from a relationship. It can be any relationship. That's going to happen. Okay, so that's that's not a bad aroma. That's God saying to do this, and you're being obedient for a time. But typically, a lot of these, it's just temporary. There's just a temporary space there that is needed for God to do the work. And there may be some things that need to go on that you're just not aware of. And you just pray, and you, you be obedient to him as to what he calls you to do. And then when he says go, you go. All right, when you go back, to put that back together, you do it when he says to. And I've had God even tell me not to pray about a relationship because he doesn't want my mind focused on it right now. He'll tell me, Scott, I got this. I've felt this in my heart before. I got this. Trust me. I don't need your prayer to fix them. I'm the one that fixes, not you. I need you to get your heart off of this. And so what I'll do is I'll ask other people to pray for them so I can do that. And I've had that happen in my life at times. So I've had other people do it where it's not going to be as emotionally, it's not going to affect them emotionally like it is me. All right. So we all have to understand that. And if you're dealing with a struggling situation where you need to get your focus off of it, that's what you do for those people. You have other people pray for them. And your faithful prayer partners can do that for you. So you can step back and be obedient to God by getting refocused on where you need to go. So that's just a little side piece of wisdom for you here. But 
it does affect your worship. And that's why I bring it up because how you think through your relationships matters. It does. I always say this, relationships are a part of that key to your connection to God. See, relationships, your relationship was with God, and then you have this relationship with people. And it's all connected. It, it really is. I mean, think about the two greatest commandments that were given to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your might, all your power. And the second one's pretty close. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments. So, beyond understanding the Ten Commandments, wow, these two commandments matter. And so, being obedient to God first, above any other relationship. But these relationships are connected. And God wants to take your obedience to Him and inject that into other people. He does. And he wants you to do it through the way that you worship him. But we can't do that unless we understand worship to begin with and how we give off an aroma to God. We need to be given off that sweet aroma in obedience. And we need to be, we have to train to do that. We're not going to be perfect at it. There's not going to be a total perfect person in this. But we can certainly set our hearts on it. And people will see that. We have to set our hearts on it, and we have to be obedient to how God calls us to do it. That's worship. I actually heard this said one time. Worship is simply obedience expressed. It's expressing obedience to God. That is worship. Think about that. So there is definitely a level of training that we have to retool our thinking a little bit to worship, not making it about Sunday service, but that Sunday service is simply a part of that process. Again, going back to the word process that we've talked about, and that worship is really what we do outside the church walls, praise and offering, give off the sweet aroma or whatever aroma you're giving off to, to God when you come back in. That's your offering. I know, it kind of retools our thinking a little bit to that. So, I know I've taken a little more time than I normally do on the podcast, but here we go. Today, the challenge to you is to not only retool your thinking about worship, but start going to the Lord in prayer and being open to Him as to ask Him, what kind of an aroma am I giving off to you, Lord? And am I worshiping you in every aspect of my life, in spirit and in truth? Am I worshiping you in spirit and in truth? Am I bringing that sweet aroma to you when I do come in on Sundays? We, I mean, and I heard this one time. I don't want to act like a heathen Monday through Saturday and then come in on Sunday for an hour and a half and go back out and act like a heathen. I mean, I don't know what else, how else to express that to you, but that is a way of expression. If I'm doing that, something's wrong. And I need to start digging into that and digging deeper. We have to get out of these comfort zones. And we've got to go to the Lord in prayer. We've got to go to the Lord in meditation. We've got to spend time with him so he can work in us. Let the Holy Spirit work. So think about this. 
are you willing to make worship a priority in your life? Are you really, are you really willing to retool your thinking towards worship? And are you willing to walk in that? Are you being a, a sweet aroma to God? Are you being a blessing to him? Ask God that. He'll show you. And he'll help you change too. He's always there with open arms. He wants to change your heart into his. He wants to make you like him. But we have to submit to it and be willing to let him do that in us. Are you willing? Just a couple of upcoming things that we want to make you aware of is that I will have two publications that will be coming out here towards the end of the year. One is on the seven ages of the church, and the other is the first part of the God-centered concept called ownership. Now, obviously, there's a lot more detail when we do it in writing than we even can put on the podcast, just simply because there is absolutely no way we can cover every detail like we would in a writing. So those will become available to you towards the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. Also, if you go to Amazon.com, we have our God-Centered Concept Journal that is now out. There's different sizes that you can choose from. It's Making God's Word My Ways. God-Centered Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways by T.S. Wright. Be sure to pick up your copy today. Until next time. Go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.